It's the Broadly Entertaining Podcast. We've got fun games and feminism coming at you. Thanks for letting us entertain you. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Broadly Entertaining Podcast. I am Jamie, and I would like to be on another game show. Joining me on this broadcasting journey is my co-host, business partner, and best friend, a talented woman capable of introducing herself. Ah, thank you, Jamie. I am Jonna, and I thought my voice got lower because of my age, but perhaps not. Perhaps not. This is the broadly entertaining podcast for all you fem broads, them broads, and dude broads out there. Let's party! <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I am all the kinds of excited energy to be here with you right now. We are recording on Friday, March 4th, and it has been quite the couple of weeks and years. <laughs> sure. sure has. Sure has. And good thing, I guess we're not a new show. Uh, we're a party place. Amen. Amen. So let's have some fun today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like you fun. recently. Yeah, I know you do. You <laughs> love the fun. <laughs> You recently took a trip that I'm assuming was fun. It required a passport. Yeah, it was uh, our third year attending uh, Fish in Mexico, the band Fish in Mexico. Um, and it's a wonderful privilege. And uh, Colin and I are very, very thankful that we get to do this uh, every year with our family and spend some really good quality time with some really good quality people. Uh, I met wonderful folks uh, while there. And I learned a little bit about myself and my relationship with um, not just fish, but with, uh, with going to concerts in general. This is like a really ideal place to see a concert for me. I mean, mm -hmm. well, for a lot of people, for obvious reasons, it's on the beach <laughs> in Mexico. You're at a, you get your toes in the sand mm. while Trey is doing sand. It's a song. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's really great. And, uh, but I learned that even before COVID times, I was never that big of a fan of crowds, right? Like it was never something mm -hmm. I really enjoyed being in crowds. And so that has certainly not gotten any better over the last couple of years. Um, so this concert is a really great one for me. I get to have a lot of space. I don't feel like I'm, I am too crowded inside at like say MSG, for example, that's how mm -hmm. that feels. Mm -hmm. So it's a really lovely way to experience the band and the fans mm -hmm. as well. I also learned, I feel like a little bit like a guest in the, in the house of fish, uh, um, in a way, like I'm new to the band. I don't know the, the music as well as literally every single person around. <laughs> it, it seems like they all know every word and they're just like high-fiving and throwing the glow sticks and having a great time at the right time. Every time they know um, all the cues. Yep. All the yeah, sing-alongs, all mm -hmm. the things. Yeah. So, and I know you've been to, you've been, you've seen fish before once with your brothers, right? 
Yes. Once it was a show at Madison Square Garden um, and I they wanted. Oh, and I also went to their first last festival at Coventry in Vermont that got rained out and it was a whole muddy hippie fest. And (laughs) they it was just not personally a great experience for me and which had absolutely nothing to do with the band or the music it just turned out to not be (laughs) a great weekend for Jamie (laughs) um you know that the fans are just they are they love fish they're there's they they have statistics and they Mm -hmm. count how many shows they go to and it's a really really cool thing this like environment of people um and i had just a really lovely time and i got to know myself a little bit better in it and i'm feeling like i can take a little just a tiny bit more ownership in the space now and i'm feeling a little more comfortable every show so um yeah anyway it was a really lovely time and a shout out to all the mexi hoes it was a lot of fun with all of you and thanks for if you listen to this i uh thanks for for being a great time uh, we played games. We played dominoes and casino with cards and things. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. It sounds like fun. And I just want to clarify in case anyone is like, you've done this for three years in a row. Don't you know what the world has been that your three years were not no. the last three that years is true. specifically, that is true. which may have been clear. You mentioned we've been in a pandemic. <laughs> That's but, true. Uh, but yeah, it's just, just the pre- first one back in, in a while. That is true. There you go. Yes, there you go. Yes, yes. Um, well, then good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad it was fun and that you got a chance to, pun totally intended, dip your toes back in. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Had a lot of pot Oh, yeah. That'll get you through a beach weekend. Sure. That sure will. Sure will. Yeah. Get you right through sitting at pools. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure you also got yourself into some trouble while I was away. Oh, I don't know. Somebody's <laughs> got to be the responsible one, Jonna. <laughs> oh, come on. Got to keep the boat running. Um, yeah, you know, I stuck around Austin, got some warm days. Uh, we are, I guess, coming out of the time of year when this part of Texas has like a fight between winter and summer or I mean I guess spring but spring gets hot it gets hot real fast so the the fight between the cold and the warm weather so took advantage of those warm days and went on some really nice hikes there are a couple of off-leash places I like to take Barnaby so that's cool yeah and um and uh, mostly did some some nesting some home decor yeah. Uh, hung up some pictures with the mister and um oh I rearranged furniture and mm-hmm. I yeah I just feel like I you know I don't know how I did it or what the rules are but I definitely improved the feng shui of my living room slash office um and I now have more room around the desk there's more room in the living room period there's a little plant corner which is nice a little green space I get to keep an eye on my plant babies that are all doing pretty pretty well I'm I'm proud of them proud of me for not killing all of them though (laughs) I also have not kept every single plant alive well, but. I'm proud of you too. I am also learning and it's, you know, yeah, 
Yeah, listen to the plants. It's a new language you have to learn. And every yeah. plant speaks its own language. It's true. It's true. You got to figure out which ones can live together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'm also uh, learning about, uh, you know, speaking of that, that balance between the hot and cold, the pull and push. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we have winter weather down here and I have plants that are outside, I have to bring them inside, which means I also have to have like room for a setup to bring all the outdoor plants indoors, um, which has been, is interesting. That's never something I, I did. I mean, any house plants I had in New York had to live inside because I had no outdoor space to speak of that I could put plants in to begin with. So, yeah. but yeah, it's interesting when it gets too cold for too long, got to bring the plant babies inside. Oh, I like having plants. I like yeah. being surrounded by plants. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I moved to the forest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I got a couple new lamps in my decorating last hey. week. And hey. one of the lamps has like leaves and small flowers painted on it, but it's very leafy design. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is, of course, now the lamp that's in the plant corner. Yeah, obviously. Um, so, because I also read a while back that seeing pictures of nature is, you know, if you are not able to get out into nature Mm -hmm. in actuality, Mm -hmm. um, being surrounded by that kind of imagery has a similar effect on your brain and your wellness, and it Mm -hmm. it can help soothe you and calm you. So got the real plants, got the plant on the lamp plant. Yeah. Plant lamp. Plant lamp. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. I love redecorating. It feels really good to redecorate. So mm-hmm. I, I love, even if it's just rearranging furniture and stuff, it's just the best. I love that feeling. I mentioned before that we played some some games in Mexico and I thought that I would might bring one of them to this very podcast episode. Um, yeah. It's an old- Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's bring it old, confidently, John. Yes, I would love to bring it to this <laughs> to this podcast episode. Um, I played an old favorite uh, with uh, the amazing Bella and Zach by the pool, and uh, we should take a crack at it. Let's do it. Are you in the mood to rhyme, Jamie? <gasps> I am never not in the mood <laughs> to rhyme, Jana. Oh, well, that's perfect. <laughs> uh, you want to play a few rounds of, I'm thinking of a word, but like two person and rapid fire style. Do I? Do you? I do. <laughs> well, then I now pronounce you responsible for explaining the game. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Okay. Okay. Uh, we have already established that I'm thinking of a word is rhyme based. It is a rhyming game. I will start the game by thinking of a word and telling you a word that that word rhymes with. You then try to guess the word I'm thinking of in as few attempts as possible by finding other words that rhyme with that word. But of course it would be too easy for you to just list rhyming words. So instead you you will give an example or a definition or the words that come to your mind that explain the word that you are trying to guess. Uh, And then we'll swap places and I'll try to do the same thing with fewer attempts. Uh, So let's let's start with single syllable words. Oh, we have to keep track. Yep. 
of how many. I could tally for both of us. Ah, thanks, buddy. I got your back, Jamie. All right, well, let's do it then. I am thinking of a word that rhymes with hot. Is it uh, something that you might sleep on while camping? It's not a cot. Is it what fruit does when it's been sitting out and it's off the vine? Oh, it is not rot. Um, uh, wacko and the little sister was. <laughs> it is not dot. Is it um, the little place where you would put mail in a door? Oh, it is not slot. Is it what I have? It's what I've. It is not got. Um, is it uh, when it's um, just meant to be a disaster? It's meant to go wrong. It is a plan that is that is a. Uh, it's got a lot of uh, it's got a lot of hiccups and trials in it. It's uh, it's uh, is not besought. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. I'm going to scratch that one. Um, is it, is it what blood might do? And Oh, it is not clot. Is it w- what something it is or it is? It is not not. <laughs> <laughs> or the what you do to ropes. It is not cannot. <laughs> Um, is it where you might park your car in a parking? Oh, it is not lot. Um, is it a brand of applesauce? (laughs) It is not Mott. (laughs) Oh, is it the stuff you smoke? Uh, you can put it, roll it in a joint. Oh, it is not pot. Um, is it a small child? Oh, it is not tot. <laughs> um, I'll, oh. can, can I pause? Oh, was it going to give you a? I was going to give you a hintish. Okay, is it a very fancy boat though? It is a yacht. Yay! Yay! A yacht. Yes, you got it. Yay! Yay. I got it in fourteen guesses. <laughs> fourteen. Okay. It, you um, know, the single syllable round, I guess, arguably not necessarily an easier one because not necessarily more, more potential words to choose from. That's right. Um, all right. I'm thinking of a word and it rhymes with fault. Is it something you pair with pepper? It is so. Good job, Jamie. Thanks. Did you make it easy? I did not make. I mean, <sighs> I guess I could have switched them. All right. Well, let's let's get harder. Let's take it up a notch, shall we? Let's do two syllable words. I'll go first. Um, I'm thinking of a word, and it rhymes with forget. Hmm. Does it rhyme with both syllables of forget? Uh. No. Well, damn, that's uh, <laughs> I got a question for the judges. Okay. Um, okay. Is it- you are 13 <laughs> points ahead. Uh, um, is it 
is it a short way to describe someone who is straight and identifies with the gender they were assigned at birth? Cishet. Cis- cishet. Yeah. yeah. Is it cishet? <laughs> it is not cishet. I am blank, by the way, right now. My brain is empty of words, which is kind of a feat for me. Um, uh, I'll give you a hint if you want one. Um, is it, well, let me just ask you, okay. is it a single word and not yes. two words? Yep, okay. it's a single word, two syllables. Okay. Yeah. Is it, uh, is it a word uh, famously misspelled on bad tattoos? If somebody has no, no, it is not regret, but it almost was, but it is not. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I'll take a hint now. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm scared maybe that we have different rules in our heads. <laughs> But I'll give you the hint anyway, and then maybe it'll help you. And maybe we'll meet in the middle, just like we can <laughs> be known to do. Um, uh, uh, the first letter of it happens in the second half of the alphabet. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, is, it, uh, is it an old fancy dance or or perhaps also kind of um musical arrangement a minuet oh minuet no (laughs) hey man (laughs) i I had to dig for an extra syllable just to just to find the ending (laughs) okay um so then it's also not pirouette um nope but thinking about foreign lands is a good place to be not necessarily in different language but definitely a different is it a proper noun i'm changing this to 20 questions i love it (laughs) let's do it we make the rules jimmy we make the rules um uh, yes, it is a proper noun. Oh, is it where the Dalai Lama is from? It is Tibet. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that was tough. I, I, I guess probably that's i did the equivalent of 14 guesses at least with at least. all the ways you we gave me hints changed the rules <laughs> i i'll i'll be honest i stopped counting because i was just so in our conversation and i was like you know what you're gonna edit this later you can count oh man out later letting the secrets out <laughs> we're open here if nothing else we're open and honest absolutely um, all right. Well, I, I still have a word for you. Oh, I yay. still have a, a two syllable word. And now you have an idea of the kind of rhyming I'm putting on the table, <laughs> I think. Um, so I'm thinking of a word and it rhymes with our friend, Charlie. Is it um, an ingredient that you would have in a soup that is paired with beef? It sure is barley. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> I think it's a tie, Jamie. We oh, I think it's a total yay. tie. Oh, that was fun. That was fun. Thanks for rhyming and changing the rules with me. Yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, all this wordplay and rule making and guessing things uh, reminded me of something else fun that I did while you were out of town, uh, which is that I sent in an application to be a contestant on $100,000 Pyramid. Yeah, you know that game show. I do. That's fun. Um, so I have been, uh, you know, beating myself up as you do <laughs> over game show submissions, mm. <laughs> but, yeah. um, uh, but one thing I did get to talk about a bunch is weddings and how oh. I am an ordained minister and love to officiate weddings. Weddings. Yes. Uh, we didn't talk about weddings at all during our first episode in our rendition of Storytime Half-Life. But of course, um, there's only so much that we can fit into that one minute of telling our entire history together, of course. Yeah. Uh, especially since both of our histories with weddings actually precede our time together as a business. Yes. Uh, yeah, for me, it's just a few years. You were around when I got ordained, but for you, your relationship to weddings goes back again to childhood. Another episode one callback, childhood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my mom is and was a, a wedding DJ. Um and so I would go with her to a lot of gigs and I would watch her make the announcements and I'd help her lug all the gear. It was a lot of gear back then. You can, I mean, it's still like a lot of gear now, but it's a lot less than it used to be. Mm. Um, and then, you know, shortly, like once I got my, one of my first friends got married, I remember they were having a rehearsal and nobody was running it. And, you know, as you guys know, we come from theater backgrounds and I just like could not handle that nobody was running this rehearsal properly. And I just like <laughs> sort of <laughs> butted my way into my friend Laura's wedding rehearsal. I was like, this needs to, this needs to happen. Um, and then from there, I like offered it to other friends and had done it just kind of naturally as a thing just to do. Um, and then I married a DJ <laughs> sure and did. yeah. And, uh, and so now he and I can be quite the wedding duo cause he doesn't like to make announcements and I'm a ham. <laughs> yeah. It's a great balance. Yeah. Uh, well received thus far every yeah. time it has been put out there. Yeah. Um, but your official entry into the wedding realm also has a familial connection, right? It does indeed. Mm -hmm. uh, I was ordained by the Universal Life Church, as perhaps some of our listeners have also been, as Me are too. you. Yeah. And your husband. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I was ordained in 2014 uh, so that I could have the honor of presiding over my brother and now sister-in-law's wedding, which was a wonderful experience overall. It was so nice to be asked and I learned so much and you were my date. So it was, was. a fun weekend. Uh, it was, it was a really nice weekend. We had a lovely time. Yeah. Uh, it's been really nice to see our wedding business expand, mm -hmm. uh, even as we are in different places now, or perhaps especially as we are in different places now. Um, and you know, the, as, as everybody knows, the wedding industry is exploding this year. I don't know if that's a thing everybody knows, but that is a thing. 
More weddings booked this year since 1984. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that one wedding that you did recently is one of your favorites. Yes, I had a wedding here at in the Catskills at uh, the this lake that I live nearby. It freezes over during the winter. So you can just like walk right out to the middle of it. People ice fish, they drive their trucks out to the middle of it. Um, so uh, I got to marry a couple right there in the middle of a frozen lake. It was so cold outside it was 10 degrees yeah. and um and it was just a, a really lovely experience and it was just an elopement I love elopements just like two people just just sharing their love they um had never seen snow before and they decided to get married in the middle of a snowy Amazing. winter wonderland and that was definitely my favorite wedding so far yeah, and in true elopement fashion, it was you, the two of them, and a photographer who was their witness. No, and Colin was the witness. Colin. Oh, came, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. My husband came out and and did the whole thing. He just like stood there and was like, "Yep, watching." Stood out of the picture. <laughs> stood nice. out of the way. Just made sure he was stayed like a reasonable dis- distance, freezing cold. Um, but speaking about photographers and getting out of shots, I know that we've learned some lessons along the way. Yes, absolutely. Uh, You know, back when I officiated Evan and Kim's wedding, it didn't even cross my mind to have an awareness of my physical presence and basically to get out of the way of pictures that I didn't need to be in. You know, Mm -hmm. when it's bow time, you got to step to the side. When it's kiss time, you got to step to the side. Um, An amazing photographer We'll probably be able to find an angle where you are kind of blocked by the bodies of the guests of honor, but how much easier and just better handled is it for everyone involved if, uh, if one has learned the lesson that you got to step off stage. That's true. Yeah. Step re-enter if you have to. Exactly. There you go. Uh, I think it's time now for our two-time favorite ongoing <laughs> segment, be Our feminist, be a feminist. Jamie and I are going to bring some news and reviews from the week or that we just recently learned <laughs> to share with each other and with all of you. Um, Jamie, uh, I went first last time. You should go first this time. Yes, I am ready to go first. I have two um, because I was worried that one may be the one that you brought. So I wanted to have another option. So I'm going to open with the other option and then I will tease the second one so that if it is the one that you brought, that'll be a lead into you. All right. So so I listened to another podcast episode today uh, from Dallas Public Radio. They have a show called Think and uh, there was an there was an interview with Zoe Marks, who is a Harvard poli sci and social science professor and academic, mm-hmm. who recently published an article in Foreign Affairs called "Revenge of the Patriarchs: Why Autocrats Fear Women." And uh, I haven't read the article yet. So far, I just listened to the podcast episode, which cued me into this article's existence. Mm -hmm. But it basically talks about 
the ways that women worldwide since 1945 have stood up against authoritarians and the way that authoritarian governments use sexism and misogyny as part of the authoritarian game plan. Like it's not, they're not just things that work well. They work well together. They're Mm -hmm. things that are actively used Mm -hmm. by people trying to maintain power in an autocracy. Um, So there are some really inspiring things about uh, women who have used nudity to protest and to to stop military action. Uh, You know, and then we've all heard stories about using things like song and flowers. And then there are also examples of women being involved in violent protests, but for the most part, women get involved in nonviolent pro-democracy movements. And it's important to have women and men working together. It is important to have women and men of all different backgrounds working together um, because obviously the more the citizenry can be as one against an authoritarian ruler, the more likely they are to have success and not come under a dictatorship, which is something that feels relevant to a lot of people in the world today. (laughs) There are a lot of really amazing swings toward progress and feminism being the norm. But as with everything, there is that push and pull. so we are in an amazing time and we are in a very difficult time. Uh, and it was just really, it was really interesting. So if you want to listen to the podcast episode, it is K-E-R-A's Think out of Dallas. And it's Why Strong Women Scare Autocrats. And the Foreign Affairs article, which of course we will link to, is Revenge of the Patriarchs, Why Autocrats Fear Women. Uh, And I just want to share that with people and read about the amazing things that women can do and have done. Uh, And if your Be A Feminist tidbit is not about a recent Supreme Court nominee, my second one is. It is not. It is not. It is about... Um, our menstrual cycles, actually. I found um, a good buddy of mine, Kat Reinert, came up here uh, recently to help me uh, songwrite. She is a she is a doctor in music and she's just a an amazing person, but she's a singer and knows a lot about the voice. And she brought up how birth control changed her voice. And I was like, Hmm. what? (laughs) And it all kind of makes sense that hormone therapy drugs might have something to do with, with, um, the way that your voice can change. We know that just from puberty alone, um, and how your voice changes during those times. Um, but it got me kind of digging a little further into the voice and hormone levels. And, uh, I wanted to share this, um, peer reviewed paper that was written by Jennifer, uh, Rodney and Robert T. Sadiloff, um, that kind of touches on it. And we could of course link and share this, but just a couple of things that stuck out to me in this paper is that vocal symptoms known as dysphonia premenstrualis, um, accompany better known symptoms, uh, such as PMS. So the most common symptoms of dysphonia, 
premenstrualis are difficulty singing high notes, decreased flexibility, huskiness, fuzziness, breathiness, decreased volume, difficulty bridging um, passagios and intonation problems. Um, so I, what I found really interesting about this is when I stopped using birth control, my voice got a lot lower and I just figured that it was because I was getting older, but there is research out there that, um, that suggests that they may be linked and that they may do uh, irreversible changes to women's voices just by being on birth control for a few months. They can do this it's hard to say damage because it's it just kind of changes your voice but this damage that can last mm. your whole life um uh yeah so i'm excited to share this paper with folks and if this is something that interests you uh i think you'll find it interesting <laughs> yeah it sounds interesting yeah. we will we will drop that link of course in the show notes um and then as i was nodding to earlier Shout out to Katanji Brown Jackson for being the first black woman nominated to the United States Supreme Court. And may she soon be the first woman to sit on that bench. Yes. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Check the show notes for links, a transcript of the episode, or more information on broadly entertaining events and offerings mentioned in today's show. The Broadly Entertaining Podcast is written, produced, and edited by Jonna DeGesso and Jamie Rossler of Broadly Entertaining. Theme music written and performed by Jonna DeGesso. You can always find out more at broadlyentertaining.com and follow us on Instagram at Broadly Entertaining. Thanks for joining us, Broads. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. A broadly entertaining podcast. Hey, if you made it to the end, entertained with a smile, maybe share us with a friend or that coworker, Kyle. <laughs>